Adam and Eve is not giving you 10% off and not 20% off or even 40%. Your discount is even bigger. AdamandEve.com is giving you a whopping 50% off. But why stop there? In addition to 50% off, you also get 10 free gifts. That includes a racy item for him, a sensuous toy for her, and something we know you'll both enjoy. And six extra special bonus items that are sure to rev your engine, pique your curiosity, and even blow you away. And best of all... Free shipping. Always delivered in discreet packaging. So rethink your bedroom routine. Go to adamandeve.com and enter the station's exclusive code at checkout. Miller. And get, you know the discount, 50% off almost any item and 10 tantalizing free gifts. That's Miller. Again, Miller. Have you heard you can listen to your favorite news podcasts ad-free? Good news. With Amazon Music, you have access to the largest catalog of ad-free top podcasts included with your Prime membership. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts. That's amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Deborah's home was stolen. No, I don't mean thieves stole stuff. I mean scammers literally stole her home. The FBI calls title theft one of the fastest-growing white-collar crimes. And this story is why you need home title lock. Deborah says, Criminals found the title to our home online and filed fraudulent documents claiming they owned our home. Wait, it gets worse. Deborah goes on to say, I was evicted from my own home and 85 grand in equity, gone. Nobody believes you can get your home stolen this easily. This is why you need Home Title Lock, because no insurance or bank protects your home from title theft. First things first, go to HomeTitleLock.com and register your address to see if your home's title has been tampered with. You need to protect the legal title to your home so you don't end up like Deborah. Go to HomeTitleLock.com now for 60 risk-free days of protection. Again, that's HomeTitleLock.com. HomeTitleLock.com. Hey, Steph heads, we know that a lot of you are having, like us, had a tough time getting through this uh, Trump shit show, man. Yeah. And uh, I, our friend Ches Pazienza passed away three years ago this week. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of uh, people have requested that we replay his 2015 happy hour that he did with us, uh, where he was very candid about the, the addictions that he struggled with. Mm-hmm. Um, you may, may know Ches as Bob Seska's podcast partner, but just such a brilliant, fierce, yeah. funny voice in the resistance, uh, writer and a podcaster and all of that. TV news producer. Yes. He worked for the biggies. Yeah. And rather than doing a new one, we just thought, because I, you know, people write me all the time and say, Mom, I'm having a hard time. I'm struggling. I'm feeling suicidal. I'm feeling this. I'm feeling that. And what makes, gives me the most hope is people, other friends, Steph heads, people, family, reaching out and helping people. You don't know what people are going through. Reach out and help somebody and go, you know, hey, I understand you're in. Pull them back up. Because we need every light in this darkness. We need everybody on that wall. And I know I, for one, am missing Chez's voice in all this every day. So uh, in honor of Chez, we are, instead of doing a new happy hour, this is a happy hour with Chez Pazienza from 2015. Pazienza of the Bob and Chez show, and just a general fucking Chez Pazienza awesomeness. Yeah, 
writer, kind of producer, uh, uh, radio host with uh, on the Bob and Chez show. I'm just. Did you see how fucking slutty I look? Just be, just to make Bob Seska jealous. Can see your tits. Is that what it is? Right. Really? Is see that through what... bra, black um, bra under there? Oh man, Bob, I've got Check someone up on you right now. Check it out, literally. Chez is looking at my tits, Bob. Yeah. Literally up. <laughs> Cock is fucking up right god now. damn <laughs> this is awesome although bob said that it, uh, during your after show you were laying in bed watching tv I with was, him with bob and yes, he said bob. it moved it did no uh bob and there was another uh, man involved i can't remember who now does it matter wait did there was another man was in my bed. Yes, there were two men. Oh, and I think one it was woman. Craig, my fake Craig. husband at the yeah. time. Because Bob yeah. needs a gay sex experience more than any man I've ever well, met. <laughs> he looks like a Greek god. He really does. He can't figure out the fact that I've done that. He's baffled by it. He's absolutely fucking. You've, I'm baffled. sorry, you've done what? Now? <gasps> absolutely. Oh, what? No, oh, that's well, fantastic. No, absolutely. Like we had this whole big. Co- I, this is the first thing I'm talking about. This of is the first so fucking awesome. thing I'm talking wow, about. Wow, I thought that was we had a conversation. He's drinking bourbon. I thought it was going to be a lot more. We bourbon. had a conversation yes. about that one time uh-huh. on the after party, where he's where I said, "I'm like, look, whatever you can pick sexually, anything you can name that doesn't right. involve animals or something right. horrendously illegal, I've basically done." And Bob right. was just baffled by that. Wow. He just sat there like, "Okay, I need to understand." Like, what? So wait, does this does this mean that you like? That, are you like? Uh, don't fucking try to define it, dude. It and just, Bob's like the most liberal guy in the world. He's like, dude, what? I'm just a hedonistic prick, or was. That's fantastic. I'm not so much anymore. Chez, that's, well, that's bad news. You're with child. No, I know, because <laughs> yeah. I was listening to the podcast the other day. And yeah. I have a, a daughter. That, here's a guy that says, fuck more than I do. And I, I hear, I was like, what the fuck? Yeah. Chez procreated? What the fuck? I know. How Thankfully, old is she? She's seven. She's Aww. so awesome. Yeah, she's she adorable. Sounded, it was a little like, uh, uh, yeah, not uh, Pebbles was there in the mm-hmm. podcast. Because you're just doing your usual, that he sh- certainly Brown's the f- dumbest fucking moron in the world. Yeah. Well, thankfully, I, mean, I don't. I don't normally do that when she's actually in the room with okay. me. All right, I couldn't tell. No, but I mean, she was honestly she she's terrific. She's, what was she? She was so cute, funny. What was she saying? She kept repeating something over and over again. Oh, I don't know. What honestly. was it? She was. She kept saying something, and you were like, "That's right, honey." You were indoctrinating her. I love that I can't even remember. Yeah. Holy shit. You were saying something about, she's asking who Dan Badandi was. Oh, Oh, oh and wow, you said, yeah. oh, you said uh, he's the dumbest man in the world, honey. You are a thousand times smarter. Yeah. Even oh, she is. She absolutely old? is. How she's old? so much brighter than Dan Badandi. And what, what grade you said? I'm sorry. Uh, she'll be going into second. Second grade. Yeah. yeah. Aw. And she's my everything. I mean, she is. She's, Aww. I can't even begin to describe it. She's everything Aww. in my life. My whole, I was that guy. I was the guy who, right. you know, always sort of was a rage. I'm still a raging asshole. But, I mean, <laughs> she just completely, when I saw her and held her, I was like, that's it. Everything is totally different. Yeah, Aww. wow. Now, what, uh, what, since we're already like half the way through the bourbon, what is there a mama? What's happening? What's um, yeah, I'm, well, I mean, um, her mom and I, it's a really shit story, honestly. I mean, her mom and I split up. This uh, is when I crunch really loud food in the middle of a really personal story. Uh-huh. <laughs> I love it. Her, her mom and I split up. We were together for, when when Anar was born, I think we were together for about seven years. We met not long after 9-11 okay. in New York, oh, wow. which, by the way, this now that makes 9-11 the second worst disaster to happen in my life okay. at that time. Okay. 
Um, but she, uh, she and I were together for about seven years. You know, we got married, and things were, were pretty ugly. I will not say horrific things about her. Right. Um, but it really, really was ugly. And um, is, But I was in love with her. I mean, totally in right. love with her. Right. I was completely in love with her. And I believed in us. It wasn't just a stupid, like... You know, uh, just a really dumb love. Like, oh, whatever you say, honey. I just, right. I just really believe that we had something special. Right. Uh, no matter how many times I've kind of got fucked over for it. Right. And so, you know, we um, we had an R at one point, and I was so excited about it. I was like, this is great. You know, we've been trying so hard because we right. really were. Oh, were you? Like, okay. So yeah. Was it, I mean, yeah. I I had in 2006 the thing that made me start the blog that may eventually led me to Bob and and everything else in my giant career right, but not I'm, in a gay way if you've just tuned in right right exactly no, no, <laughs> because no. bob i guess is uptight about that whatever okay <laughs> for a straight guy gorgeous chiseled straight man i think he could have had his way with craig well we, we had a, quite a three-way in my bed it if was really taking, something if you're taking a picture of that i would never stop watching it's just actually we were mostly just radio and bike geeking out together we well, yeah like, right did he did the cannondale and exactly. also he's when a did man you start he's a man who cycles who wears the outfits <laughs> yes me that too. you have to wear to cycle yeah. and he has the the colossal like weirdness or nerve whatever you want to call it to be like uh, gay thing kind of confuses me. <laughs> you're like you're a man that wears spandex everywhere, We're like a superhero. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, right. so no, so uh, we, you know, me and uh, my wife, we had Anara, and within six months, what's her name? I'm sorry, Anara. Anara, mm-hmm. that's yeah. beautiful. We stole it. It means it's Arabic. It means uh, light or illuminating, and we oh, stole it from a Arabic. Show. All right. Right. We stole it from... Fucking uh, terrorist. I know, exactly. You are we a st- fucking terrorist, Ches Ponsianza. I am. I am. I'm totally a terrorist. <laughs> I'm a sex terrorist. No, we, uh, we stole it from... <laughs> wow, this is going to be some after party. I'm going to st- isolate that <laughs> and use it. <laughs> we stole it from the show Firefly, which okay. was this show that, right. that Joss Whedon produced a long time ago mm-hmm. and fell in love with it yeah fell in love yeah. with the show thumbs up from travis yep fell in love with the show and uh just love the name and i'm like you know what an art that's a great name for a kid but within about six months after um an R being born we that just sort of something bad shit that, went south something bad that had been happening several times in the past began happening again oh, dear. i will say no more than okay. that okay okay i and understand it, what it is is it it's because you remember camille grammar had uh ibs Irritable bowel syndrome. Yeah. And don't be, it's not a sh- anything exactly. to be ashamed to talk yeah. about. Exactly. Let's just say it was that. Mm-hmm. That's what it was. Okay. So it started up again, and I'm just like, that was the point where my uh, where my self-respect just said, okay, it's time to take your daughter and go. And, yeah. you know, and look, I mean, again, I, I, oddly enough, I don't, I wrote at one time about what was going on in my life and sort of how I felt. You are a fantastic writer, by the way. Thank you. Can we say that, that before I, we get too liquored up and start pawing each other Thank like you. animals? I really, honestly, I very much appreciate that. Um, but I, uh, you know, I wrote at the time about what I was going through um, in terms of the divorce and in terms of, of what it felt like to sort of feel um, really, really, like you put your yeah. trust in somebody and it just... Yeah. It just it falls down on you. Yeah. And I don't have path. any idea what you're talking about. I have a completely yeah. magical and pristine personal life yep. with a no. Yeah, exactly. So uh, anyway, we're, we're all good messes. Right. But uh, I'd written about that. But I mean, I, oddly enough, in spite of even 
the anger that that I felt at the time right. when it was right. really the worst. I won't talk bad about her. I'm not going to. Right. You know what? That's fuck classy. It. Yeah, I mean, fuck it. We you, you know we made each, a child together. Who's yeah? We got a, a great beautiful kid. Muslim terrorist. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. We uh, we each, you know <laughs> we each screwed up, and I'm just going to leave it at that. Yeah. The fact is, I got out. Well, there's always two people in a relationship. There's exactly. never one. Yeah. Always. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. I I have never ever said that I'm somehow you know, uh, perfect. I am the furthest thing from it. And I know that I recognize that right. I've been through enough relationships and I have enough people who hate me to you yes. know, fest. Oh no, me that. too. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so, you know, I took my kid and, and left and then we kind of eventually made an arrangement, um, and, you know, shared her for a good long while. And now that she's in school and, you know, she lives down in Laguna Beach before, like when we first split up, she lived in, Wait, the ex lives in Laguna, lives in Laguna Beach. Okay. okay. And you live here. Up I in live LA. here. Yeah. Originally, um, when we split up, we were in New York and I left and went back to Miami where my family was. Cause I'm just like, I need help taking care of Minara and yeah. I can't um, do it I understand on my that, uh, from your Wikipedia entry. You. Uh, you were born and raised in Miami, Florida, the mm -hmm. only child of Mickey and Ralph Pazienza. Mm -hmm. Okay. Sorry. And yeah. Ches is short for? Cesare. Okay. Dominic yeah. Palenza. Okay. Which I hate my dad. <laughs> <laughs> my Very dad's, Italian. My dad's the best guy. Yeah. Fuck, man. Fuck? You know what really sucks? My dad is has given me my entire life. He's He said, I don't understand how you became such an arrogant, cocky little shit. <laughs> and I'm like... You named me Cesare. <laughs> what do you fucking expect from me? Like, How did you I not? To, I tried to crush your spirit right. in early age. How dare you be a cocky little motherfucker? How did you not think that you could, you know, that I would not turn out to be a prick when my name is something so pretentious? You could have just named me something easy. You wanted to go Italian, it could have been Vito, Michael, any other <laughs> name from, yeah. from The Godfather. Right, just check all The Godfathers. Cesare. Yeah, exactly. Cesare. Cesare, yes. My dad thought that. The only thing that's good about that is that during the times of my life where I've been uh, uh, sort of wanted by bill collectors, whenever they call and say, <laughs> Is uh, Cesar there? No, sorry, he's no, not. He is not. Yeah. Nope. No, he is Bye. not. No, he is not. Goodbye. I'm sorry, <laughs> nice interrupted your very touching story. So anyway, all right. No, no, so no, no, no. Because I just was, because you are from, so you were talking about you were going to go back to Florida, but mm -hmm. so you and your daughter live here. Yeah. I mean, yeah. well, she lives with her mom, but okay. we should, you know, we don't share, share, but you know, I right. get to see her. Like I just got to see her uh, last week and it's great. I yeah. mean, my attitude is whatever amount of time I get to spend with her makes me happy. Yeah. yeah it does. She's yeah. awesome. She's wonderful. Yeah. She's Funny and smart and a blast and that's what she kept saying. Who's Dan Badandi? Yeah. Who's Dan Badandi? Yep. Daddy, who's Dan Badandi? Mm -hmm. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's so cute. Please don't tell her because it'll just crush her faith yep. in exactly. men forever. Exactly. <laughs> yes, which is good. I mean, I should do that. Oh my god. See I, this? Here's All what I love. All men are like this giant <laughs> oaf. Here's what I love. Yeah, that'll stop her from dating till she's forty. But uh, here's what I loved about your interview with Dan Badandi is. You were so earnest. You were so really thinking. You just believed somehow, despite your ER reputation, that you could somehow have a real conversation with him. Just like, Dan. Dan. Yeah. But that's just not... But Dan... I was like, oh, bless his heart. That is so yeah. cute. He really thinks somehow... You know, I mean, no, I didn't think... I knew I wouldn't ever get through with him. And we decided... Bob and I decided before we, we did this that... You know, we had a little powwow, and it was, we decided very early on, we are not going to uh, try to have a debate with him. 
Right. Because no. Because otherwise right. it's going right. to turn into Bill Nye and whatever that creationist ass. Yeah. Whatever that fucker is. Right. Yeah. And right. you legitimize him. Right. You said that. Yeah. It's going to turn into that. And I don't want that because it's you're, you're talking about uh, people who deal in, for the most part, logic and reason and somebody who is completely out to fucking lunch who has absolutely nothing good right. to say about anything. Right. He makes no sense at all. Right. So I'm like, I'm not going to allow that to happen. And. You know, and as we got into it, I learned that you kind of get roped in no matter what happens. Oh, yeah. You it, do. The same thing no, happens with right-wing callers who call our show. Oh, we just had one today. Yeah. But, uh, we, we, you get roped in. You can't help it. Yeah. But, uh, Chaz, you, you could tell the real, like, sort of passion in your voice, though, as someone that has about that age daughter when he's like a Sandy Hook denier. You're just like, you know what? Yeah, that just, you can't. Uh, <laughs> Like your sort of passion and outrage yeah. came out because you're like, no, yeah, that, you know what? That's just not. Yeah. That that's in, not that in the bounds infuri- of debate. That infuriated yeah. me. Yeah, that we're just sort of like when people me. call and go, oh no, no, you guys, you're lying because I only listen to Fox News and the Patriot, and you, we're like, what? Okay, there are not two sets of facts, and you cannot right. start from a yeah proposition that Sandy Hook was a hoax. Like you. Like, right. that's not a, a you know, a, a right. sane person conversation. Right. No, that's it exactly. It's, you know, there used to be before, I'm a very media-centric guy, I look at everything through that sort of prism. Right. And there used to be a time when, uh, when if you had a disagreement with somebody who right. didn't hold your same political views, you all started with the same, the little Venn diagram, you know, you all started with the mm-hmm. same group of facts. Right. And then each of you had different opinions. And guess what? That's fucking cool. That's the way life yeah. is supposed to right. be. But when each of you approaches an argument with completely different sets of facts, and one of your the, your facts is completely fucking crazy and out to right. lunch, then no, that's that's it doesn't work that way. It yeah. can't be. Your facts are not, you know, opinions aren't facts. Well, guys, it's 2020 now. That means the new sexy liberal tour of 2020. You know what that means? Mm-hmm. I, I unwanted. I am being me tooed by a bunch of 10 year challenges of people <laughs> posting pictures from sexy liberal 10 years ago. Uh-huh. What do I what is my only weapon? Plexiderm. That's right. Now I'm now struggling to look like I looked at my pictures 10 years ago. Uh, but Plexiderm, man, it's it gets magical. you close. It's magical. Right? Yeah. Like under eye bags, wrinkles, I, I, I crow's feet, all that stuff. It's a clinically studied serum. It's just they're gone, and I'm telling you, a couple of minutes. It lasts all day. Mm-hmm. You put, I put it on in the morning, put yeah. makeup over it, whatever you mm-hmm. want to do, and uh, uh, there you are. Bam. It's just you, but 10 years younger. There yeah. you go. Huh. It's a time machine in a bottle. Just yeah, like that. join the sexy liberal nation. Do it, do it, do it. Plexiderm. Go to triplexiderm.com. You can use my code VOICES for 50% off a full-size bottle of Plexiderm plus an additional $10 off. I, my friend Trish had to ask me, is it really good? I was like, yes! Look at me! <laughs> for God's sakes. 50% off plus an extra $10 off. Offer also available by calling 1-800-685-1292. Mention the code VOICES. Plexiderm backed by a 30-day money-back guarantee. Visit triplexiderm.com today. Use my code VOICES at checkout. That's triplexiderm.com. The code is VOICES. Well, you wrote a great piece on uh, uh, who's our friend Brian Fisher. What a fucking douche! <laughs> you're, <laughs> you're like far far right nut job. Brian Fisher knows why God let all those kids die at Sandy Hook because their God, as you kind of said, is kind of a vindictive prick, really. Yeah, you know? yeah. Uh, According really, to... like really, God's like I. You know what? And, and you... I don't like this abortioning fucking knob gobbling shit. And I'm gonna let some six year olds take it in the face from a AK forty seven. Yeah, and Bob... you grew up with some religion too, so you have some perspective on this, don't you? Sure. 
Oh, yeah. funny you should mention that. Here, I'll pop that down. All right. She has Pazienza. <laughs> Attended elementary school. This is your life. At Atlantic Christian School in Hialeah, Florida. Hialeah. Right. Was enrolled for the eighth grade at Dade Christian School, a strict British academy. Oh. Please proceed. <laughs> um, Yeah, no, uh, Dade Christian was um was really hardcore. Hardcore. Southern like Baptist. Evangelical. Oh, yeah. Okay. They had the, 12 um, years hard time <clears throat> Catholic school, but I don't think that's the same as that. No, no, it's not. They yeah. had the um, they had the the central casting preacher who uh-huh. had swept back. Fire and know, brimstone. Around. Yeah. What a dick. <laughs> At my sister's wedding, there was that they she got married in the Southern Baptist Church and there was a fire and brimstone preacher pre doing a sermon during their wedding. I'm like. Is this appropriate? I think, yeah. I think, and you know what? They will figure out a way to turn anything into an opportunity to, you got to come over to Christ. Because you know what? You don't know whether your your friend who just got married will kill that other person in his or her sleep. Yeah. So we, you have, yeah, that. Didn't your sister stand up and say, my brother is a godless communist knob gobbling fag? I like that. Well, I, I had some cover because there was a, a transgender uh, um, aunt oh. f- uh, from my uh, from my brother-in-law's side so of the family. So that's the there. person taking all the fire. That's exactly. the human shield. And so Fantastic. I was fine. I was yes. fine. That's the giant heathen shield standing in front <laughs> exactly. of Exactly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, no. Um, uh, yeah, when I, the one year that I was at, and not even a full year that I was at Dade Christian, and this, is, this might have been one of the first things that really turned me off against religion, was that, because up until that point, my parents... My parents were religious, but they weren't like hardcore, hardcore religious. Mm-hmm. Right. But uh, I had a friend of mine who lived not far from, from me. We used to play like kickball together like eighth grade. Right. And um, she died in a fire. Like her house caught on fire one night oh, and shit. she died. And she and I went to Dade Christian School together. Right. And the central casting preacher used that opportunity to stand up there and say, this proves that you can die at any time. If you want to turn your life over to Christ, come up here right now. And I walked out into the whatever the lobby of the church was. And like my history teacher had to come out. And she's like, why are you out here? And at the age of like 14, I'm like, that's despicable and you know it. And wow. and I'm just, and that's it. I'm like I gotta get the fuck out of here. People who think this way are just that's insane. There's wow. one thing to believe in, like there's something bigger than us out there. Yeah. There's yeah. something that may yeah. actually uh, want to see us do well in the world. That's right. fine. But to believe that there is this vindictive cunt of a god who yeah. you know, I've no one has kills, ever called God a cunt even on the happy hour. Thank who you kills, so much. Who kills people? Yeah. That's kills insane. People, you know, and and his yeah. servants and, and thinks use that opportunity. Right. Yeah, that's just. Yeah. It's despicable. Yeah. And and I do think that when it comes to sort of Brian Fisher, yeah, I'm I'm very much of the opinion, probably the only thing that I, I will never mock is Sandy Hook. I think anybody who uses that sort of opportunistically mm-hmm. to make some score you know, get some sort of political or cultural scalp or God forbid the goddamn fucking pricks who believe that it never happened, fuck them. No, but I mean, just, Chez, no. it's like they accuse us on the left of, oh, you're politicizing. You know, it's like really saying, you know, maybe we should stop six year olds from getting shot in the face in school. Yeah. As politicizing it is, as, as, you know, as the president's saying, going, this doesn't happen in any other civilized country. Yep. Maybe we should fucking do something right. about this. And then they, and, and if then we're they not all... going to do something about it after this, after 75, or actually, I'm sorry, 90 something yeah. percent of Americans wow. want yep. background checks. Like, why? to be better than they are like what what the fuck is going on i'm very aware of like i don't like to believe that um that my political view is the default setting i think that's arrogant 
But at the same time, yes, I do kind of think that it's not a liberal or conservative or any kind of point of view to just say, look, you know what? The common denominator in all of this is that there are guns and a lot of them and people are being killed because of this shit. And, you know, I own a gun. You know, I'm not saying get rid of every one of them, but you better make it fucking tough to get. Yeah. And you better really, right. you know, you better really make it something I just, that... You, you, I just read a piece in the LA Times yesterday, I'm going to talk about tomorrow, that um, was talking about this whole myth of you need guns for protection. I mean, there are statistics and studies showing you are more likely to be killed with your by a gun. Mm-hmm. Suicide, homicide, accidentally... When you have a gun in the house, it's bullshit. This whole fucking thing. I think about you need has, a gun. For... I think everybody has the fantasy. They do. I do. I have that fantasy. I have that moment where I'm like, you know what? If something really bad happened, look, I've been trained. My dad's, a, you know, my dad's a cop. I'm my dad. I was going to bring that up. You know, That's next can, to my fun facts. Yeah. I mean, you know, uh, if I were put in the right position, I've been trained. I'm willing to do it. I would pull my gun and I would do what needs to be done. But that's a fucking fantasy. I mean, there's but, a possibility you know what, you know what, it could work. Sure. It really you know what's is. in the in the in the uh, piece is about you know the presumption is like you know weaker people like women need it for protection, and they did a study on however many sexual assaults. You know how many women protected themselves with a gun? Zero. Zero mm. were able to defend themselves with a gun. Right. I mean, mace, running away, all kinds of other things work better. A kick in the balls. Yeah. Right. There right. You go. Right. Yeah. The number of times in my life where if I had a gun. I would have gotten myself into so much fucking trouble. Oh, God, I am a spaz you know, and a drunk. Yep, some, so, yeah, yeah. Like a, exactly. Right? Yeah, a drunk. I would have been a drunken asshole, right. and I would have gotten into a fight and pulled a fucking gun on somebody, and I either would have hurt that person or, you know, and deservedly so, that person would have fucking shot me. My, a friend of mine works in the military and said, the one thing you can't talk about is the number of military suicides, which is horrible, yeah. and more than combat deaths. Number one reason is access to guns because they all have guns. But mm-hmm. you're like, you can't even bring that up. Can't even say it. Can't even say it at, at the, you know, because that's like a sacred. You can't. There are some people in the military that are trying to change that, that, that are yeah. trying to change the culture of, you know, not being able to talk about military suicides because it's a complete and total ep- epidemic. Right. But one of the, again, not the only fact, major factor. Right. Yeah. Access to guns. Yeah. yeah. If you, if you don't guns. have a, if you're in an altered state and you don't have a second to think about it, you got a gun, whole different thing. Than, exactly. You don't, you know, I, it's, every time I write about something having to do with guns, anytime at all, I always say the same thing, which is that I have been around guns my entire life. Um, my dad, when I was a kid, always had guns, and his attitude was to always teach me, like, look, you know what, here, this is, this is a gun, empty it. Like, you know, but I just saw you empty it. Doesn't matter. Empty it. Empty it. Hold it down always. Don't ever point at anybody. Don't point at anybody mm-hmm. unless you intend to kill that yeah. person. Kill that person. Not shoot that person. Kill. And it's like, you know, so because of that, I always, I got a real respect sure. for like, you know, these things are fucking dangerous. Yeah. Absolutely. But yeah. not everybody gets that, that lesson. Right. When they're growing up. Yeah. And I think it's, I think it's absolutely incredible that, you know, speaking to sort of what you were talking about, about, uh, about the way the military thinks, this idea that we send these people off to war to kill and then they come back and they're just going to be like. Okay. Yeah, I'm fine. Now. We're, I'm yeah, good. We're, we can right. snap like kind of like in the Hurt Locker. You know, we can snap back into buying cereal. We're good. Yeah. It's like it doesn't work that yeah. way. You train yeah. these people to be killers, they're going to become killers, and that's what that's okay. That's what they're supposed to be. Yeah. But you better have a program in I, I place at, and a support system. Yeah, I look some at sort. war footage. I look at even films. I look at. I'm like, I'm surprised not 
everybody doesn't have PTSD. How could you possibly as a human being go into that and not have some form of PTSD? Yeah, no, and, exactly. And what they see is 10 times worse than what, what you see in a movie. Right, yep. right. Um, uh, Chaz. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chaz, sorry. Chaz? Uh, sorry. Uh, listen, I'm getting liquored up. That's all right. Oh, Chaz, no. uh, immediately after high school, you enrolled in the University of Miami, majoring mm. in motion pictures with a double major in psychology. I did, yes. <laughs> nice. <laughs> what? Then you joined the, the school's radio station, becoming both a DJ and a specialty radio ho- show host. Tell us about that. Uh, no. What sort of specialty show? Look, honestly, I'll tell you something. I, I went to college for all the wrong reasons. Huh. I went to the University of Miami because I wanted to work at the radio station. Because I, because I grew right. up right. listening to VUM, and VUM was the only station in Miami that played like what is now known as alternative sure. music. So yeah, so I'm like, oh my god, you know where the hell else am I going to hear the Cure? All right, so I'm, you know what, fuck it, I'm, <laughs> fuck it, I'm going to go in there. Why? I, I was totally thinking the Cure when you said yeah, yes. there was yeah. no Alternative. iTunes then. We right. didn't know. Right. How the fuck do you hear that? Yeah, so that's why I'm like, you know what, screw it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go in there and I can play, you know, Killing Moon from Echo and the Bunnymen over and oh, over again, yeah. no matter how many times I want. I did know? that on my college exactly. radio. Station. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I would do the, I would do the radio show just so I could make tapes of like everything I, I wanted. I still have to all hear. my tapes. So do I? Yeah. Absolutely. You fucking, fucking bootlegging motherfuckers. Absolutely. Yeah. But um, but yeah, I mean that was why I got into it, and then I I joined instead of doing the smart thing and getting a real education, I joined a band. Yeah. That's uh-huh. what I saw. Him. Alternative uh-huh. rock band. Yeah, I joined a uh, band and we played out. For, what was the name? Uh, the name of the band. I fucking hate saying this even now. The, we got we all got shit faced drunk one night. We've been <laughs> like we've been practicing for you know playing with ourselves, so to speak. <laughs> for uh, for a good several months, and then we got a call like, "All right, you want to come play this gig?" And okay, we got to do it. And we're out drinking. Like, all right, what are we going to call ourselves? You know what? Fuck it. Let's pick the stupidest name we could think of. We'll change it tomorrow morning. Uh oh. Yeah, th- oh, we boy. named our band after a suburb of uh, Miami called Coral Gables. Yeah. Cor- yeah, Coral Gables is sure. a stupid fucking name for a band. But we figured, all right, you know what? We'll just change it, and that show went over really well. Uh oh. Like, all of a sudden, everybody at UM. Was like, oh yeah, you guys are in Coral Gables. Snicker, snicker, that's a stupid name. And I was just like, all right, fuck it. What am I going to do? Right. So we kept the name and we played together for, I don't know, like three years probably. Yeah. We did good. We did. We had a, um, you know, we had a song. I was, uh, somebody sent me an article recently, which I thought was really funny, about how we apparently had the number one song at, um, in local radio, uh, of 1990 or something awesome like shit oh, like that fantastic. but we did I mean yeah we did good and it was great it was awesome to play I was really really glad what I did got you play to, I played drums drums Ooh. yeah so it was um, yeah, it was really it was a lot of fun and then we broke up and I'm like okay well fuck that now what am I fuck gonna that. do and that's how I got the TV okay yeah so let's talk about that so uh, and you end up being a producer at CNN mm-hmm. at MSNBC I started at SVN in Miami which okay is, um, you got Emmys golden mics all kinds of shit coming out of your ass Exactly. Your fancy ass, Chaz. I do. It's very fancy. Okay. <laughs> um, SVN is um, SVN is is whenever you see like if it bleeds, it leads. Or you see <laughs> yeah, that's basically it. the entire Fox News like insane. Yeah. So we do graphics. Florida stack Action every news. week. Action news. Yeah, that's yeah. you can you can trace all of that back to SVN wow. at the end of the eighties and beginning of the nineties. It was it was in it was insane, and I loved every fucking second of it it was like the whole thing was like being on cocaine from the minute you walked into the door to the minute you left and actually we usually were there were more drugs in that place and i loved every second of it awesome um 
But yeah, it was just, you know, you got a TV station in Miami that was just insane. It was like fucking, you know, a, a mile yeah. a Were you number one? We were number one. We were number one across the board. Awesome. Wow. And the place is like a pirate ship. And I loved it. I fell into it. I got a gig in news because um, uh, I was actually working right after the band broke up. I was working as a courier, like delivering shit around yeah. town. Fantastic. On a bike? On a, not on a bike. No. Right in my car. Okay. But okay. I, I dropped something off one day at SVN. And um, I saw a little sign outside, you know, like, you know, positions we've got. Writer. I'm like, I can write. I, I can do that. <laughs> and I applied, got the job. And six months later, I was a producer. And I'm just like, I'm a 22-year-old producer in the number 14 market. And Holy I have cow. no business being here. And yeah, did you, you know, feel it in over your head? No. Okay. And that was the best part about yeah. it. I learned early on, it's like, put your hands on your hips and just stand there like you know shit, and that's good. <laughs> that's, how, that's how you that get works. by. Yeah. And that's what I've learned, and that's what I do for the rest of my life. So. <laughs> hey, kids, I want to give you the latest news about my good friend, Bill Press. Bill no longer does his progressive morning show. That doesn't mean he's gone away. He's now out with a great new podcast, The Bill Press Pod. Drop twice a week. Check out the Bill Press Pod for Bill's interviews with some of the country's leading progressives, Maxine Waters, Mark Pocan, Jamie Raskin, all roasting Donald Trump. Yeah. All, all our family, family, family. Plus his lively end of the week roundtable with three of Washington's top political reporters commenting on the latest craziness from the White House Congress and the 2020 Democratic primary. For years, Bill Press has been one of the leading progressive voices in the country. I'm glad he's still out there on the left, stronger than ever, on that wall, man. I encourage you, join me by subscribing to Bill's new podcast. Go wherever you go to get your podcast. Search for the Bill Press Pod. Click on subscribe and you're in for a true progressive experience on the Bill Press Pod. Do it. So uh, anyway, but you, you got to talk about the whole path. So you ended up at uh, MSNBC. Was that before CNN? Uh, yeah, before CNN. Yeah, I worked at, um, I worked at SVN and then I worked out here at uh, KCBS mm. and CBS News for a little while and eventually wound up i keep hopscotching back and forth i wound up back in miami for nbc because nbc hired me right um and uh eventually i what wound up happening was i god i was back out here again so i literally hopscotched across the country like twice because i married somebody and they got hired back out here mm -hmm. at nbc and uh so i was you know working out here and I started doing heroin. Oh, oh wait, wait a minute. Was this a second marriage? Hang on, this Chaz. Was, this is marriage number two. Okay. Yes. I've been okay. married a Wait, lot. we missed second marriage and heroin. Okay, let's hang on now. <laughs> okay, let's reset everybody. Okay. So when did this happen? I got, I got married once when I was like 24. Mm -hmm. She's this is awesome. Wait, was this the wife with the kid? No, no, no. no. Oh. This is the, dude, this is wow. so confusing. So let me wait, try. Wait, let me try to draw a diagram for Just you. Just because I'm, I'm keeping track in case you run three. for president. Okay. For three, three, right. three, no. come and gone. Um, married somebody who I worked with um, in uh, in two, yeah, about 1994, and that was that didn't last all that long. But oddly enough, the only person who I've been with who doesn't curse my name. So she and I are still pretty cool, which is great. Um, after that, uh, met somebody at NBC in Miami. We wound up moving out here. We got married. Um, I was crazy about her, but I was an asshole and did drugs when we got out here. I was a fucking moron. I fucked everything up, and I'm the first one to admit that. This was the heroin phase. This was the heroin wow. phase. Wow. And a lot. I mean, before that, I'm so happy I had done you're here to talk to us today because you are brilliant. I did a shitload of ecstasy back in the 90s, too. Like, <laughs> oh. like literally every weekend for about three years. So Look at me yeah. thinking I'm all hardcore with my Chardonnay over here. Really? Uh-huh. Yeah. I'm sorry. It's Molly now. Pardon me. <laughs> Kids totally understand what they're doing. Um, 
but yeah, but I did drugs too many, and finally, just like living here, I'm like, this is this is gonna yeah. kill me. So, yeah. uh, went back to Miami just to get out of town. Just the sure. idea was just to go back for you know a month and go into rehab because I'm like, you know what? If I try to go into rehab out here, I'm going to leave, and I'm just gonna go buy heroin. Yeah. So get the fuck out of town and yeah. go. Um, went back, spent a month in rehab, and when I got out, like my wife had left me and everything had fallen apart, and oh it was mm. a disaster. And I'm like, you know what? There's nothing keeping me in LA anymore. So I just went back to my parents and, you know, cuddled up in their guest bedroom and did a whole lot of nothing. But two weeks later is when 9 11 happened. Oh. Oh, shit. Yeah. And so, so wait, that's when you went to MSNBC. Yeah. So basically, I, I got out of rehab, and I was a disaster. I'd lost 30 pounds, and I looked like shit, and whole life had fallen out from under me. And, um, and you know, and I, seriously, I was in my parents' guest bedroom just going, all right, what am I going to do with my life? I have nothing. I may yeah. as well kill myself. There's no business being here. And uh, because when you get off heroin, you can't sleep, because yeah. when you've been feeding your body nothing but drugs, it doesn't really give a fuck about anything else. And, yeah. So I didn't eat, I didn't sleep, and I happened to be up at, you know, at wow, 4, 9 a.m. on yeah. September 11th, and I watched it happen, and I'm like, what the fuck is this? And the most amazing thing came over me at that moment, because I'm like, I have nothing. I have nothing. I can do anything I want. I, and I just said, you know what? I'm getting in my car, and I'm driving north, and I'm going to either work for a TV network or station if they'll have me, and if not... I'm going to hand out water and help people. I've got to do something. Wow. You know, I've got to rebuild my life because mm -hmm. otherwise I'm just going to sit here. And drove up there. And before I even got there, I got a phone call from uh, MSNBC. And a friend of mine, a good friend of mine, was the EP at the wow. time. And he's just like, come on into work. And I lived for five months out of a hotel room and covered 9 11. I mean, that's how I rebuilt my life. Wow. Two wow. months, two weeks Holy out of not even fuck, two weeks out man. of rehab. So, Holy yeah. fuck. And so then... So 9-11 kind of helped you turn your life around. 9-11, you know, I... I've and that's why you named your daughter after a terrorist, am right, I right? Exactly. <laughs> okay. exactly right. Shit. What? Stephanie. Is that wrong? <laughs> <laughs> I've told, you know, it's, I've told people this before, and it's it sounds terrible, but it... 9-11 was... Covering 9-11 was um, horrible. I mean, it was, you would, I, you know, I'm like, you would go, you would go for hours and hours and hours working nonstop. And then you would stop and go off into a corner and cry for 20 minutes. Yes. Yeah. And then you'd go. I was, yeah, I was working in New York then. Yeah, you, I, was, I, was, I was hosting Pure Oxygen on the yeah, Oxygen I, Network. I was working in talk radio at the time, and we were on the air as 9-11 was yeah. happening. So. Yeah, and then you pull yeah. your shit together, and you'd go back to work. Yeah. And I had, you know, I had a woman crying in my arms because her husband had died. And I'm, you know, I had people coming up to me for the first time in my life saying, can you put us on TV? Normally, when you see us come in, you're like, no. fuck you, get right, away from me. Right, right. right. um, I had people thank me. That was so weird. Like, you know, thank you for what you're doing. Like, nobody thanks news people. Um, but it was, um, you know, it was an amazing experience. And the fucked up thing about it is for me, considering where I was personally, I would not want 9-11 to happen again, obviously. Yeah. Right. But I will not deny that it was exhilarating and that it saved my life. That it was, I'm somebody who, I like, I, I love experience and I love emotion. Mm -hmm. And... 
9-11 was a million emotions at once. Sure. Yeah. It was a rush. Yeah. Everything yeah. was different. It's like the whole world was different. No, I mean, Chess, I was there. I was driving in. I was, you know, I'm thinking, I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to be late for my pre-tape. <laughs> my producer's husband calls because you couldn't get any call. He said, turn around. Manhattan's closed. I was like. Right. Manhattan's closed. I'm sorry. What do you, what do you mean? He's like, bridges, tunnels, clo- like, everything closed. Yeah. And, and um, my colleagues that were already there watched the towers fall from the you know the roof of the oxygen building because i and i couldn't get into manhattan even you know but i i I got back to my house in time to turn on the tv and watch the first tower fall and uh, you know i remember driving in on the radio because that's where we all get our shit right it's radio i'm thinking oh somebody was like oh on you know looks like a commuter plane has hit the world trade center and i remember thinking world trade center i was like i don't think that's an accident i don't think that's a you know and then, you know, it, literally live. It's that's how we hear shit. It's on the radio. Yep. Someone was like, wait, wait, wait. Oh, my God. I think another a second plane has hit the yeah. second I w- building. I watched I, it. I saw it happen. And I'm in the car listening on the radio, and I thought, like, something's, that's not. Right. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I saw the second plane hit, and I was, um, because I'm such a fucking stupid news nerd. Like, <laughs> I was sitting in the, in the guest bedroom, and uh, NBC came on. It was Today Show was mm-hmm. on, and Lauer says, we're hearing about something happening at uh, at the World Trade Center. It's a breaking story. Um, we are going to go to commercial. We'll bring it, you know, right back for you. And immediately, I'm like, fucking amateur mistake. And I immediately switched over because mm-hmm. that's what you do. Exactly. You don't announce something before a break. Right. You know, never say breaking news because everyone will do what I just did. Yep. So I turned over to ABC. And when the second, the fucked up thing is when the second plane hit, my my first response was. Like for just a split second, I'm like, that's weird that that happens twice in one day, and yeah. then it and yeah. then it hit me. I'm like, fuck, all right. And so yeah, right. so right. again, by the end of the day, I was packed up. I'm like, I'm going. I'm just gonna go. Like I'm I'm Roy Scheider. I'm not Roy Scheider. Yeah. I'm uh, Richard Dreyfus in Close Encounters. No, yeah, I, I have to see this. Yeah. I have to see. No, this. I mean, and like all of us in TV, like I got hired to be, you know, like the funny, like fucking. It was like their like, you know, Today Show meets The View. Right. And then 9-11 happened. Yep. And it just, it cha- you know, then the show became death. Yep. Like, it's part of why I think what happened to Oxygen, what happened to our show, because it's like, it just wasn't, you know, it was a startup network that wasn't like prepared to do 24-7 programming. And then that happened and it impacted every business. It impacted like everybody's it, advertisers. It impacted, you know. Everything and I thought like wow like every show I'm the comedian I'm here for the fucking fart jokes I'm like suddenly I'm interviewing firemen's wives and it's just yeah. crying on every yep. show I'm crying and everyone, on every everyone show everyone was suddenly expected to be to step up and be that right yeah. yeah right you couldn't just be like well this is the only you know this is this only thing that I do right you know I mean I got I got oh my god I got into a uh, a, a hell of a conversation with somebody at MSNBC because yeah, they called everybody to NBC sure. and MSNBC yeah. there. Like just right. any, no matter where right. you were, there were people there from like, you know, oh, I'm in the Mexico City Bureau. It's just me and my sister. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, and and I was, you know, I'm like one of the many new people up there and there were a couple of producers and they were bitching about like the really impossible hours, which I understand producers pitch and it was incredibly mm-hmm. difficult hours. But I'm just like for the first time in my for the first time in like my life, or at least since I first started in news and I was excited about it, I'm like, are you fucking crazy? Like this is what you signed up for. Yeah. Before right. we had this happen, you had spent 
three months trying to convince everyone that they were going to be eaten by fucking sharks. Yeah, <laughs> You exactly. were covering Gary Condit. This is real news. Yeah. Shut the fuck up and go back to work. And as soon as I said that, I'm like, oh my God, I can't believe I just said that. Like, oh, I'm so mean. you really did say that to yeah, an entire absolutely. room of people. Wow. Yeah, I, I but, just like, fucking knock it off, dude. But Chess, so that's part of your story. When you went to CNN, you got fired by CNN. I did. Because you did a blog, and that, that started a whole debate about expressing a personal opinion while you're working at a news network and I, I tell us about that because what the fuck um you know i mean eventually i i started working at at cnn and cnn's a great network it is there's so many fucking smart people there mm -hmm. there really are and i think that's one of the reasons why now that uh now that john stewart's leaving i know a lot of people are doing these sort of retrospectives on him and uh, uh, you know, uh, Bill Carter wrote a really great thing for the Hollywood Reporter, where he talked about um, the impact that Stewart had on media and the the reaction that the people that he beat down, what their reaction was. So people at CNN, you know, Wolf Blitzer being constantly beat up by him and so on. Mm -hmm. And um, and the really interesting thing about it is that like. Somebody points out, I think in the article, if I remember correctly, somebody points out that, you know, why, are you, why do you pick on CNN so much? And I, the, the answer is great. And it's the same reason why in the stuff that I write, I tend to pick on, um, I pick on CNN and especially NBC as a place that I worked for a very long time more than Fox. Because right. fuck you, Fox is a lost cause. Fox is a waste. When Fox fucks up, that's expected. Right, yep. exactly. When, when CNN, which to me when I first started was the gold standard of news, sure. and NBC News, which was like when I walked out, 30 Rock. Oh, I'm in 30 Rock. That's the shit. That's yeah. A, yeah, that to me, that's embarrassing. That's a disappointment when you screw up. And it just, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I feel like news can be a, a million times better, and... You know, I enjoyed working for for CNN, and I really liked my job there, and I thought that everybody there was really, really smart. It was one of the first places, you know, there in NBC or the first places that I'd worked at in my career where um, a really, go really good test of whether or not a place is great when you work in news is if breaking news happens, you don't necessarily have to work double shifts. And that doesn't mean that you don't work your ass off sure it just means that the next people coming in on the next shift are as good if not better than you and that's good that's yeah. the way yeah. it should be yeah but um yeah i worked for cnn for for quite a while both in atlanta with and our, in new york with our friend jackie schechner mm -hmm, with jackie love yeah. jackie to death absolutely yeah. she's and, fantastic well i mean and you know why jackie schechner's not back full-time in news is another indictment of the system i mean i i remember um God, I shot a pilot. You remember? I shot a pilot for CNN Headline News to follow Glenn Beck's show. Oh, lucky you! And everybody was like, "Oh my God, it tested so great! Everybody loved it." And I remember I called Monday to see what's happening. They're like, "Oh, the guy in charge just left for Fox News. <laughs> the guy that just like greenlit your pilot, you know." And it's like, "Oh, Joel Cheatwood." Yes. Was it Cheatwood? Yes. Yeah. Cheatwood was my yes. uh, Cheatwood was my yes. news director. Isn't he one of the smartest guys in TV? Cheatwood was my seen? news director at SVN. He was the guy who hired me. Wow. Yeah, That's he's a very one of the smartest world. guys I've ever he's seen. He's very smart. He is. Yes. He's fucking brilliant. He's also an evil genius, but he's a very, very, very smart guy. No. But and I, I will always have respect for him, though, because he hired me. Yeah. So. But I mean, I you know, and this is what happens. Like MSNBC, we were laughing because <laughs> we filled in for Imus when he got fired. Well, we... Didn't well, fill in. We took over for took a few over days. For, for three days. Yeah, when Good. he was fired. But I, right, the executive in charge at the time was said, like you know, 
even though you guys are doing great and the response is amazing, you're not going to get this because they're going to go with someone in network they already have to pay, which is Joe Scarborough. <laughs> Like, God, what a you waste. Know? And so, like, that's how TV goes, right? And that's you go, exactly like, got it. And goes. he's his ratings sh- are shitty. But you they go, are. like, he, it's a Republican hosting three hours on a network that's supposed to be geared to progressives, right? Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, and it's uh, and the people. The funny thing is, people who work with them are really good. Chris Licht, who used to be the executive producer of that show, right, is now the executive producer of CBS. I worked with. Again, small world all the way across the board. <laughs> I work with him at NBC out here. Um, and, you know, fucking brilliant guy. Very, very smart. And he'll be the first one to tell you. But totally true. <laughs> um, but he's, uh, I think he runs CBS uh, This Morning now. Okay. And um, and now the guy who runs, uh, who runs, I think, all of mornings is Alex Corson, who's another guy I used to work with at CNN. Right. CNN is a good network. It is. It's a smart network. Yeah. And I love the people there. Yeah. Um, no, I just, was on Aaron Burnett a lot. Yeah. <laughs> It just were you really? Yes, I was on every day. Because <laughs> I don't watch like, Aaron. And they were like, "Oh, it's the highest rated segment," and "Oh my God, everybody loves you." Right. And then we all said, "You know, is there any chance we might get paid?" Because <laughs> <laughs> right. we were on every day for months, right. <laughs> and they were like, "No." Yeah, I stopped watching Aaron Burnett after she left uh, Chris Matthews, where you could watch, you could literally watch Chris Matthews like his cock get hard and the yeah, little the yeah. little dancing yeah. hearts over his head <laughs> whenever you got to talk to yeah, him. That's a little. He got that thrill up his leg. Yeah, that's, little, he said. that's a little. Ah, okay. But I um yeah we now worked at CNN for a while and in um in 2006 I uh, I started having really bad headaches and I got a brain tumor. <gasps> Oh, oh my God! For fuck's sake, for fuck's sake Chez. Wow. It's true. Is that in the Wikipedia? No. Is it not? <laughs> the heroin. I mean, the drug right. rehab is. Well, that's the, because who gives a fuck okay. about that? But either way, the only reason I'm saying I'm saying this is because that's what that's why I started doing the blog because I had time off for medical leave, oh. and I'm like, all right, you know, you need my, an outlet. Yeah, I'm like, my choice here is I can play, you know, Splinter Cell on Xbox for you know five months, or I can write. I'm like, oh fuck it, let me write. So I wrote, and um. And I'm like, I just want to keep doing this. And then after a while, finally CNN caught on and they were less than pleased. So, Wow. I mean, you know, because that's, that's the whole, like, first of all, the full, whole myth of the liberal media. Because it's just, it's not like, we were talking today about uh, the New York Times. Mm-hmm. That some, you know, conservative wrote a piece was like so worried his conservative friends would see it. They're like, oh, we don't read the New York Times. It's a, you know, liberal rag. We're right. Like, really? You have, you know, Maureen Dowd's, like, you know, burn book about Hillary Clinton every week. You have, like, <laughs> Judith Miller, like, being a stenographer about the Iraq war. Really? Right. Like, what the fuck has happened? No. That, that, you know, like, you can't have opinion, even though, like, it's not even accurate what opinion is. Well, everything has changed a hell of a lot in just the time since I've been canned. I mean, that was 2008. That's forever ago yeah. in terms of social media. Um, so a lot, I mean, for a while there, I was the big champion of, you know, CNN is not, uh, doesn't understand social media and they're, you know, they need to understand that people are going to have opinions and this is the way it's going to be from now on. And they actually have, I think, finally sort of moved on to that and realized that, look, with social media, people are going to be expressing their opinions. Mm-hmm. There's no way around it. Um, but at the time, right. yeah, I got canned. But the other thing is, you know what, they fire you or they let you go if they, you know, if they don't, if they feel like they don't need you, I mean, for God's sakes, Richard Quest, the reporter, got oh, caught, got sakes. caught with meth in his pocket and a rope around his, his cock, dick. and he's yeah. still there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and I, by the way, good for him. I love Richard Quest. He's funny as fucking shit. 
<laughs> but honestly, it's like he, you know, when I saw that happen, I'm just like, I, I'm, I wrote about him. Like, oh fuck, I got, yeah. I got fired for blogging. This guy has a rope around his penis. Yes, right. And, and he's, he's still there. He's still, still there. there. Yeah. Absolutely. He was uh, on the uh, Malaysia flight. He's like, ah, oh, there's something going on here in this sector. And right. I was like, all I can think of is you had a rope on your dick. <laughs> he probably did Central right Park. then. <laughs> he probably did then. That's mm-hmm. why he's so excited. Mm-hmm. He was like, when I say this sector, it makes my the rope on my dick kind of <laughs> just... Go taut. Right, go taut. <laughs> <laughs> oh, for fuck's sake, television, Chaz. What the fuck? I TV mean, books, really? Man. So I now mean, you're doing great. you're doing brilliant writing for Daily Banter. You're doing a brilliant podcast, Bob mm-hmm. and Chaz, on the. Uh, how do you do it? What? How do you do it? How do you get it? Tell people how you get it. Oh, just uh, search for Bob and Chaz on um, iTunes, on iTunes, or go. Stitcher. Because you guys talk a lot about conspiracy shit, and you had Dan Bedandi on. I was just looking at the headline today: more shots fired near Jade Helm 15 training camp. So. Yep. Some fucking yahoos were firing at U.S. troops. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. Because... Did you expect any less with no. everything that was sake. that was put out there about didn't this Didn't Dan thing? Bonani say we should... Every, didn't he actually say you we should have every weapon the military has? Really? You should have nukes, Dan Bonani? Really? You yeah. should have nukes and fucking... Really? It's, F-16s? Because I don't... It's, it's impossible to process. Like, I, I really... I can't, I can't figure it out. I can't... I can't wrap my head around someone thinking that. Like that that seriously, it makes no sense. Shall not be infringed. Yeah. How Shall would you thank you? Yes. It's like I'm, you know what honestly? I'm gonna carry around that on like a little like one of those little Mr. T uh you know, Mr. Mr. T keychains yes. you press the button and, like the kind you get over at La Luz. And I'm just gonna sit there with that like every once in a while I'm just be talking to somebody just Shall not be infringed. Oh don't mind oh, that. Geez. That's just what that's Bonandi. It's my ringtone. Shall not be infringed. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I almost want to become friends with Dan so that I can do that. I can set up the ringtone for him. <laughs> so, Chaz, what, uh, tell the girls what's happening. What is there an opening to... Because a lot of people are going to be like, oh, he's so hot and damaged. Oh, I want to fuck him. And, <laughs> and he has a dangerous past. Oh, yes. He has a dangerous past. He's, yeah. fucking, uh, actually, he's got fucking cute and smart. I'm with somebody. Oh, Sorry, ladies. Really? Yeah, no, I'm. Uh, I've been seeing. I'm, it's funny because when I first came out here, um, everybody was just like, "You're going to be Hank Moody. You're going to, you know, you're just going to become <laughs> this asshole that sleeps with everybody because you don't give a fuck and you were hurt in a bad relationship and you're just fuck that." And I wanted to, like, I'm, cause I'm totally going to do that. Do that. Yeah. I'm going to fucking do that. Yeah, and <laughs> then I got out here, and within not even a week of being here, I met somebody who I've been friends with on all the way back to MySpace. Somebody who was a reader of the blog. And she's just like, you know, she's somebody who I'm like, you know what, she's, she seems really cool. We're just going to go grab dinner because she's a cook. And I, you know, fuck uh-huh. it. There's, a, there's somebody really cool to take to dinner. So I'm like, yeah, you know what, let's, we've been talking forever. Let's go have fun. And that was it. We hit it off. And, and she's been awesome. And she really Aww. is awesome. She's great. So, Aww. How long has this been? This has been happening since, uh, God, seriously, since a week after I got out here. So we, our first date, if you want to call it that, our first meeting up was yeah. January 1st of 2012. Aww. And we've been together since then. If you happen to live in the L.A. area, she's a chef at uh, Turin over on Beverly and yeah. uh, occasionally at Papi over oh. on Franklin. Fantastic. Nice. Look at mm. him sucking back that bourbon. I can tell this after party, Chris, is going to be epic. Awesome. 
So I'm glad. <laughs> so great. Look, my friends are getting here now. Your prediction of uh, ending up naked and covered in vomit may uh, come true. Yeah. Cool. I'm all for it. Pretty sure. Pretty yeah, sure. really good. Chez, you are uh, a delight in a really dark, sort of interesting way. No, but this, That's very kind of this conversation has been absolutely fascinating. Yeah. No, I'm glad. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. That makes me feel really good. Yeah. I just I want to <laughs> lick those dog tags around your neck. I don't know what's happening. Something is fucking up right yeah, now. I, know. I, I need to start dressing like somebody okay. my age. Chez is fucking an awesome writer for the Daily Banter. And also Bob and Chez show. You can find it on uh, iTunes. Yep. And Stitcher. You can find him, I think, naked on me later on. But I'm not for entirely <laughs> certain. Let's just see how it goes. We love you, Bob. Or I'm sorry, Bob? Chaz. You called Oh, him. my God. I yelled Bob's name out. I told him I was going to do that. I awesome. told Bob I was going to yell that his name so out. That is so awesome. Oh God, so Honestly, sorry. you were fulfilling Bob's biggest fantasy right there. I, I promise just you. just yelled I love you, Chaz. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for coming, Chaz. Thank you. Thank you again for having me. Happy fucking happy hour. Travis, Chris, you, you know Trish from Robin Trish, right? Yeah, of course. Right? right? I, one of my best friends. Yeah. Can you believe? She texted me. She's like, hey, does that plexiderm stuff really work? What? <laughs> Have I, when have I lied? I was like, yes. And so she got it. And then what happened? She what happened, looked, Sean? I get an unsolicited testimonial right on my phone. Like, oh my God, you're right. I'm like, I. when would I lead yeah. you wrong, man? Yeah. Now she looks 10 years younger. Yeah. And having slap fights with Rob over the plexiderm. Yeah. Uh-oh. Good luck. Don't Rob's fight. Rob's looking your, good, too. Don't yeah, fight. Is. You're both pretty. They are. They're both pretty. I blame <laughs> them for everything on my life. They're both smart, hot. I, they're my thruple, right? Right. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm slathering this plexiderm on until I get a... I can bring someone else to that party. Throw Let's go. Throw a bucket of plexiderm at them. Yes. Yeah. Plexiderm, I'm telling you, clinically studied serum. It eliminates your wrinkles, crow's feet, under-eye bags in minutes. It's that edge you've been looking for, man. Mm-hmm. That competitive edge. Yeah. So you have to. You can scream at people. You could learn. You should learn not to compete with me. I always win. Ha ha! Always be younger. Yeah. Just don't even tell them. You don't even have to tell them you're using plexiderm. They don't know why you're winning. Duh. Just they, cause. They you just could ass- say it's tiger blood. You just say, ju- I woke up like this. They just assume you drank the potion. Yes. Yeah. Right. I've been hanging out with Morgan Fairchild. It's you wake up like you're in a Lifetime movie, right? Just like <laughs> or no. on Falcon Crest. Yes. 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 Get that. Falcon Crest Edge. But you don't have to put Vaseline on the lens. No. Triplexiderm.com. The code is VOICES for 50% off. Don't pay Hollywood prices. You get 50% off for a full-sized bottle of Plexiderm, plus an additional $10 off. That's right, 50% off, plus an extra 10 bucks off. Offer also available by calling 1-800-685-1292. Mention the code VOICES. Plexiderm matched backed by a 30-day money-back guarantee. What do you got to lose? Uh, uh, nothing. Ain't nothing. Visit triplexiderm.com today. Use the code VOICES at checkout. Triplexiderm.com. Code is VOICES.